This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement. Mackey and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd today from the TCL Broadcast Studios is Zolgad and Matthew Collar. Phil will be back on Friday golfing in Florida after his trip to Arizona. I remain a complete moron for not going on a warm weather vacation, but that's beside the point, Matthew. Um, tell us the story about Vikings receiver, not well-known, but Caleb Jones uh, from the past few days. Okay, so here's where you would know Caleb Jones from. When Stefan Diggs caught the uh, Minneapolis Miracle catch, the first guy to hug him was Caleb Jones, who was a practice squad receiver this year, had a great fourth preseason game, to win a job, the Vikings are bringing him back next year. Tall guy, can go up and get it. Maybe some intriguing skill there. Um, so Caleb's brother is Zay Jones, who was drafted in the second round by the Buffalo Bills last year. Great career at East Carolina. And a video came out from TMZ yesterday of Zay Jones fighting with his brother in a Los Angeles building. I don't know if it's a hotel, maybe, or apartment building in Los Angeles. And uh, Zay had no clothes on, and he was screaming at Caleb Jones and just things that were kind of indiscernible. And uh, he kind of escaped. Caleb was trying to stop him, and then he smashed a window with his foot, and there was blood everywhere. And uh, I guess witnesses told TMZ that he was trying to jump out of the window, but Caleb stopped him, and eventually he was arrested. It's a very strange story, yeah. but it makes you immediately think about, and, and I don't know the details and nothing has come out yet of what happened, but uh, wasn't it Robert Kimdichie who had something similar when he was smoking synthetic marijuana? I think that might have been it. That's the first thing that comes to mind because there have been a number of these incidences with synthetic marijuana where somebody has had kind of like a bad trip sort of thing mm -hmm. and tried to jump out a window or hurt themselves in some way or another. And uh, first of all, it makes it, to me, I think uh, we should just have football players not tested for weed. That, that shouldn't be a thing. Uh, but also it appears from the story like Caleb Jones may have saved his brother's life because they were on the 30th floor of this Los Angeles building.
And his brother uh, was was actually he was active with Buffalo a lot last year. Is that correct? Yeah, he yeah, played he, quite a bit, right? He did. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get a ton of catches, but he was uh, dinged up a little bit. I mean, a second round pick, so he got an opportunity to play, and they were expecting him to be a significant player, and he probably still will be, assuming that this is nothing more than something like I, I just described. Mm-hmm. But um, from the Vikings' perspective. How wild is that, that this Vikings wide receiver may have saved his brother's life here in this incident? I wonder, in the next CBA that is negotiated, I think it's up after like 2020 or 21, I wonder if you're right. I... Are they eventually going to get pot taken off that list? They because should. it's legal now in what? Colorado, Washington, Washington California? Is that I think correct? California, yeah. My point being is I wonder if they'll, because there's going to have to be some concessions on both sides here. And it, do, it does seem if, as it's being legalized in more states, Matthew, it seems to be a bit odd that, that that's going to remain a big deal to the league. That being said, in this league, it might. Yeah. In Goodell's league, I think the next com- it'll be interesting eventually when the next commissioner uh, comes in to see what that person does. But I could see because Roger did come in riding high on that. It's my way or the highway, and I'm going to be the law and order disciplinarian commissioner. But you would think that we're going to get to a point where they say, "Okay, you know what? We're we're testing for drugs and steroids, certainly, but." We're- we're going to take pot off that list. Well, and there's two reasons to do that. I mean, one is just that societally it has become much less taboo than it was before. Even over the last handful of years, I think it's changed quite a bit as states have started to legalize it and people have made successful businesses out of it and, and all those different things that uh, it's looked at much differently than even when I grew up and especially probably when you grew up oh, yeah. where it was the you know the evil drug or whatever yeah. right uh and the other the reefer other, madness yeah reefer madness right um and the other part of that <laughs> is that a lot of players use it for pain management mm-hmm. that you know when when we talk about the opioid crisis and people uh, dying from you know using these uh, opioids too much. I mean, a lot of those are just the painkillers, and players were getting addicted to those, and they cause lots of different issues that go beyond just addiction. Um, uh, you know, intestinal issues, issues with your stomach, well, and things far like that. Back in the day, yeah, I, right. And with that, the Vicodin, I mean, right, that was a huge deal, right. And and that happens to a lot of players. Uh, as they're recovering from some of their injuries, and many have found that this is a better pain management uh, direction to go. And I, I think that they are have been arguing this to the NFL for some time, and maybe trying to find ways around it is how you end up with some sort of synthetic weed that you mm-hmm. won't test positive for, which can be much more dangerous than the actual stuff. So I, I'm with you that that will be changed. I'm I'm almost certain that that will be changed. If not, something like the NBA where technically there's a policy but not really the nhl doesn't test for it um i don't think the nhl tests for any drugs actually and i i don't really don't think so i think it's just steroids but i think that they test for drugs but they don't suspend players so you could have all sorts of cocaine in your system but they'll know that for their data and they might but they don't suspend right they might try to help you i didn't realize that but i don't believe that they suspend so I think that all the other leagues are more progressive in this area, and I, I think it's probably more than anything about the NFL trying to pro- project itself as like, well, like you said, like we're gonna listen, hold down these players, we're gonna make sure they're following the rules and good people. The NBA does things right. I really 
believe yeah. that. Across as, the board. Yes. As a league with their players, they and it's not that they don't have problems sometimes because they do, but the NBA if you look at how the NBA runs, if I ran any other league, I would look at that and say that that's what we should aspire to. Mm-hmm. That's as close as you can get because there's always going to be problems. But they are as close as you could possibly get, I think, to saying this this is how it should work. Because football causes itself a lot of problems. It does. And there's a lot of acrimony there, and there's a lot of there's there's a lot of unnecessary consternation. I agree. And the players largely are treated like crap. And I don't understand why a league that is so popular and and that makes so much can't sit down and say, okay. The cash cow is not going to stop, but how could we possibly be a bit more fair to establish a working relationship? Because the football people push those players around, and it is really—I mean, there's some stuff that you that you look at right now and you say, if these guys don't go out eventually, they're crazy. But the problem is, you've got what roster spots thirty through fifty three mm-hmm. where they can't afford to. Yep. You know, yep. if you're Brady and you strike, yeah, that's great. But if you are a special teams guy, you know your salary's fine, but it's not great. But but I think if you look at the NBA and how they run things, it's it's not always completely fair, but it comes as close to being the ideal relationship between players. And executives. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, the NBA players feel empowered. They have guaranteed contracts, which also helps them a lot in terms of being much more honest and feeling like they could be themselves more. And, you know, I think that the NFL has taken the approach of trying to get rid of the idea that, and if you remember, it really took me back with the XFL documentary where they were talking about, um, you know, the players getting arrested and stuff like that in the NFL, that I think there was a point where you felt like uh, people were creating websites. How many days has it been since a player got arrested? Things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, they did. Where, yeah. It was, the it Bengals. Was, yeah, it was becoming the perception of the league that mm-hmm. it was a thug league. And I think both the NBA and the NFL were trying to get rid of that perception. And the perception was never true for either one. It, it was never a bunch of thugs. It's just that when you have that many people who play in the league that some people are going to have problems. Um, but I think that to project to a, a certain image, to a certain audience that would be put off by thinking that it was a thug league, that they wanted to do these things. It, it had nothing to do with logic or truth. It, I mean, if you were talking about the percentage of NFL players who get arrested, it's what? Like 1%? I mean, it's less than just the people uh, in in your office or something like that, right? But uh, because they would make noise and because it would end up on TV that it, it was bad for the league's image. So what Roger Goodell is trying to do is say, we're not going to have the, this. We're going to suspend all these guys like crazy if they get in trouble and we're going to have this code. But all it ended up really doing is just making him look foolish a number of different times. Yes, it did. And if, if you want, want the, the biggest difference to me between a basketball and football, it's this. The NBA didn't and never would have bungled the, the whole anthem not standing. Yeah. The NFL did itself no favors at all, and it looked like an old curmudgeonly, didn't it, get off my lawn league? It did. The NBA looks at that and says, how can we work with our players? The, the NFL 
it took how many months and how much criticism before they finally said, well, instead of getting mad at the players, we might want to go to the players and see what they think about this. The <laughs> yeah. NBA did that instantly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the players, by the way, have every right in that situation, I believe, to do what they want. The key is to go to them then and say, what do you want? What are you thinking? I mean, this is about compromise, right? And the NBA does that really well. And the NFL's first reaction was, I don't know what. They sort of supported him at first, and then Trump got mad, and then they didn't support him fully, and now and now we've got guys not being signed because they didn't stand for the anthem. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that to me is the biggest difference between a league that gets it and is smart and proactive and a league that sits back and says, we are going to tell you what, what we want you to do, what we think you should do. And they have really continued themselves to keep it in the national eye. This the conversation about players kneeling mm-hmm. because of how poorly it was handled in part. And with Colin Kaepernick not getting a job, I think what you're going to see at some point here is the NFL gets severely punished for that uh, because he's uh, there are depositions now going on. And it's going to take a little while, but there was collusion there. And if you don't believe that, then Chase Daniel just got $10 bucks, and he's never played. Yeah, that's remarkable. I mean, I mean yes. that, so it, it was clear that there was collusion there against him, and it's going to eventually, my guess would be, be proven. And now it looks even worse. And you're right. If there was just communication yeah, what do you from want? the very beginning, what do you think? What can we do here? Yep. How can we help each other? How can we work together with players in the league? And instead, it was just it was just fighting, and then, right, the president gets involved, and, and then it becomes completely out of control. And you're right that if we had, in a lot of different issues, just better communication on those two sides, then I think we would have a better NFL. Do we need more football leagues? We'll discuss next. Mackie and Judd with the Collar and Fulfill today from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. From the TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, before we uh, get to this new football league, Jason tweets us, uh, Matthew, Judd, are you forgetting that there is a rule in the NBA that says the players and coaches have to stand for the anthem? No, I'm not. My only point here is the NBA listens and works with its players. Mm-hmm. The NFL doesn't. So th- this is not about a black and white issue. This is about a lot of shades of gray. And I feel like the NBA is very willing to sit down with its players association and listen to them. It doesn't mean that they're going to give in consistently, but they are willing to listen to them. In football, I feel like it's a one-sided conversation with the owners and Goodell telling the players what they want them to do, and the players saying, yeah, but we don't like that, and them saying, no, shut up, this is what we want you to do. And I think Adam Silver went a long way with the players by forcing Donald Sterling out of the league after what he did and said and his long history of uh, racism and lawsuits over his uh, the way he had handled his apartment buildings and, and his, some of his racist practices and stuff like that. So I think Silver came right in and made a statement by kicking him out of the league that made players feel much more like the league was on their side. And uh, yeah, no, it's true that they all agreed on that rule that they're going to stand for the anthem. But at the same time, I think every NBA player feels like they have a voice to say what they want tweet what they want, and be themselves. And speak out consistently. And speak You're out right. consistently, right. Including With, the coaches. Without fear of uh, 
NBA teams taking it out on them. I mean, if you're going to hit free agency, I don't think you're concerned if you make a statement in public if you're an NBA player, whereas now we're looking at uh, not just Colin Kaepernick, but Eric Reed too, who uh, kneeled alongside Kaepernick, that he doesn't have a job yet either, and he's a pretty good safety. I mean, in fact, if you're the Vikings, you should take a look at Eric Reed, probably because he could also, uh, it is not a nickel cornerback, but he can play uh, in the slot too a little bit. And maybe as a, as a number three guy, if nobody else wants him, you could get a, a pretty darn good defensive back there. Uh, but yet nobody has signed him yet. And that makes you wonder, are they going to do this to every player that they can? And I mean, I don't know. The, the Eagles are the team that uh, was the most active, I think, in this way. Yeah, they did pretty well. And they did okay at the football. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're always in better shape because the players are going to want more and more freedom and they're going to want to use their platforms. This is the history of sports. If you don't like it, then I'm sorry, but this is how it's always been. And now with players making more money than they ever have before and they have bigger platforms than they ever have before – Asking them not to use it is silly. And uh, so they're going to want to do that. Why would you not work with them on that to that end as opposed to trying to just fight them and battle them as it seems the NFL always does? So the XFL, as we found out a few months back, Vince is going to bring it back in 2020. Did you see the news yesterday? I did, yeah. Charlie Ebersol, who is Dick's son, who actually directed the documentary on the XFL on ESPN's 30 for 30 last year, which was fantastic. Uh-huh. He yep. is going to help launch the Alliance of American Football, which plans to debut February 9, 2019, the week after the Super Bowl. It's going to be a season that runs 10 weeks. We'll have 50-man teams. Investors <sighs> include former Viking defensive end Jared Allen, the initial game and the championship game are going to be broadcast on CBS. One matchup per week is going to be on CBS Sports Network. The Ebersol quote uh, that I highlighted here is 59 million people play fantasy in 20. 20 million people play only fantasy football. We have to be able to take advantage of the people who just stop playing fantasy when the NFL season ends. The NFL has its faults, and and it's certainly, I think, in the past couple of years has seemed like there's some vulnerability there to the league. But I would say I don't think the NFL season ending, Matthew, leaves us wanting more football immediately. And I would also say that if if the National Football League does thing one thing brilliantly, it's they own the spring and summer. I don't know that you need... I, I understand what these people are trying to do, and it's been done before. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think that this is a situation where people get done with the Super Bowl and say, and now I can play fantasy football in my new Alliance of American Football League. Uh, I think that... Uh, and you love the sport, the, so the tell me what you Jared do. Allen should have invested in us. And just given us some money and just said, I invest in you paying off your Honda Civic. And I would say, thank you. I really wanted to pay that off. And I appreciate you, Jared Allen, because this is a good use of your money because it's going to pay off my car. And this other use of your money is actually putting it in a toilet and hitting the thing so it goes down. Yeah. I mean, you are flushing your cash if you're investing in a side football league. The NFL, there's a narrative that go that the NFL is fading or whatever else. 
It's demolishing every other sports league. And ratings are fading across everything. Right. So and its ratings are down, but it's still the most popular TV with no, show With sport. nothing anywhere close. Correct. I mean, there's nothing even he, in its ballpark. Yes. I mean, if you're if you're talking about the the NBA rising, like you're you're right. But if we compare the NBA Finals audience, you'd probably need all seven games to reach what the Super Bowl did and what the biggest national TV games. And I would also point out that uh, a number of very bad games and a number of quarterback injuries probably also played a role. Uh, if you were talking about Green Bay and Minnesota on national TV with Aaron Rodgers and both teams in a playoff race, that's probably a lot different than Brett Hundley and the team that's been out of the playoffs as far as your interest goes. And Andrew Luck got hurt. Rodgers got hurt. There was a number of those. But as an aside there, these leagues, it, it's, it's kind of great, and I enjoy them because they end up being good documentaries or books about why and how they failed eventually. And so I'm looking forward to this. I did a little bit of coverage when I was first getting into the old journalism of the UFL, the United Football League. I got a little side writing gig writing about the business of sports. So sure. I interviewed people with the UFL, and it was the same story. You know, people are tired of the NFL, and people really want football in the summer. No, they don't. They No, and they the, don't. No one wants football in the summer. And the National Football League has done a brilliant job, and, and it grows stronger by the year of owning this time of year. And Think a, about it. You go, you go combine, big deal, right? Combine's a big deal. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, then you've got what we just went through now. Free agency period, huge deal. Draft, draft, draft might be gigantic. bigger. Might be bigger than that. Yep. And then you bring guys into camps that shortly after involve involve very little actual activity, but are covered wire to wire. There's another thing too. I think football. The season for fans, for media, Is everybody. And I would never complain about this because I love it. But it's exhausting. It's exhausting if you're a Vikings fan. It's an emotional ride. It's almost like if it went on all year long, you couldn't take it because every year there's the buildup, there's the tailgate. That's what makes it so great. Things. I think people need a break. Yeah, but I think people need a break. Right. I, I think that if you're looking to invest that much in football and as much as people do emotionally in the games and also their cost and, and their time and everything else, Sundays are just gone for six months out of the year for you. And, and I think in the summertime, you want to go to a Twins game and sit outside and not care, basically. But I, mean, I think, right? I think in sports, 162 is a lot. 82 for football and hockey is too much. 16 is the one, I think, perfect season. Mm -hmm. 16 regular season games for that sport is absolutely perfect, which is why I don't want 18. But yes, I th and and I think part of the problem too is this. All right, football. The, the National Football League at times can be incredibly haughty and annoying, and, and there are things about it that we don't like. But this whole thing about football dying, which right now right now is BS, yeah, is based on this things like concussions. But guess what? If in 50 years football as we know it now is gone, that's going to be football. That's going to be the entire sport. Mm -hmm. So the sport, if it's dying, it's dying a death that's going to take the entire sport out. Like the American, what what the hell's the name of this league again? The Alliance of American Football is not going to survive. 
Like it won't be, oh, the NFL died out because they had concussions, but the Alliance of American Football or the XFL didn't. So so there's a difference between is the sport, does the sport bother you with some things that they do, which the answer is yes. Is it dying? If it's dying, the whole thing's gone. The entire thing. But right now, the National Football League has the perfect template. Yep. Yep. It, it's the only one, I think, that's got it exactly right. The attention span that they ask for is perfect. Because you're right. And if you go to 18 regular season games, I think now it's too much. And you are, uh, I think, if you're starting a new league, I think you're just listening to the wrong voices. I mean, you are listening to the same. When Vince McMahon came out, and I can't wait for the XFL to come back because I think it's going to be great and hilarious and it will just be a bus fire. And I love when these things happen because – they just uh, always end up being a wild ride of this league starting and then it falling apart and, and whatever else may happen. And maybe, maybe Vince finds a way to turn it into a developmental league. It doesn't shoot for the sky. But when you're talking about getting all these players to invest and you're going to have, oh, yeah, they're going to, people are going to play fantasy alliance football. No, they're not, guy. No one is playing fantasy alliance football to watch Stony Case and Kent Graham go play football in whatever league you have. Please tell me someone remembers Stony Case and Kent Graham. I remember both those names. I can't give you teams. Okay, uh, Arizona. I think those two both played in like who's Kent Graham? Ninety-five. Kent Graham played for the Giants. He's like a backup Giants, okay. quarterback. I remember the name. Stony Case was just a, a name. Stony Case is unforgettable. A great, but, it's a great name. Okay, so maybe you get Johnny Manziel, and maybe someone turns into one game. Or you get Kaepernick. See, maybe you get you Kaepernick, but maybe someone supports him because of that. But realistically, what is your audience going to be? CBS Sports Network. What the hell channel is that? I mean, no one is looking for this. I can turn it on for you if you what, want to what people, what people want in the summertime is to sit at, out on their deck and listen to the Twins, or watch the Twins in the background, have baseball on all the time. That's what they want. They want to go do things. They want to go on vacations. They they do not want to sit here and emotionally invest their soul in football. They need a break from that. And, and, and no one is ever going to watch these leagues, and they're going to fall apart quickly every single time. Dave, what's coming up in stuff? I've got some interesting words from Richard Sherman having a press conference yesterday. We've got egg on the face of an NFL Hall of Famer and highlights or lowlights from TNT's Players Only Tuesday. We shall get to that next from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah. That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. KFC's $20 Phillips will feed a family of four with eight pieces of delicious country fried chicken, two sides of taters and gravy, coleslaw, and four flaky biscuits for just $20. KFC, it's finger licking good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps. As we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. Woo! 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 
Ric Flair really wants to hear stuff. Doing it three times now doesn't mean that you didn't miss the first one. I'll sleep at the wheel, Judd. I felt like you didn't give me enough time to do the woos so that the transition became three times the hat trick at the end. Gave you the same exact time. What do you have in stuff, including someone with egg on their face? Oh, you want to start with that one? Sure. You guys know Deion Sanders. He used to play football. One of Collar's favorites. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, Was really good at football. Not as an analyst, but as a player, he was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, he has moments as an analyst, like the one he had yesterday on Twitter. NFL Network tweeting out a photo of Tyron Matthew. He's got the new team. He's got the new deal. And a little quote from Dion saying, Honey Badger is the best uh, safety in the NFL. And that's certainly a defendable opinion. You can have that. A fellow by the name of Kevin on Twitter didn't seem to agree. He said, how do you make this statement and not include the two first-team all-pro safeties? That's a legitimate point. Mm -hmm. Dion shot back. You're looking at who writers tell you who's the best. I know who players and former players feel is the best. I rest my case. You continue to be a fan, and I will continue being the man. (laughs) Oh, that's great. We should use that. We should use that. It's so great. You continue to be a fan. I'll continue to be the man. Do you know who? I'm going to use that. Kevin is, though. Yeah, he's in the NFL. Yeah, that's the problem. His last name is Bayard, and he is a safety, and he's really good. He's coming off an (laughs) eight-interception season in which he was named to his first Pro Bowl for the Titans and uh, was one of those two AP All-Pro safeties. So there's that, (laughs) Dion. And and and, <laughs> did, and I saw also what Dion was was getting some type of like hair transplant done at this time, and like they thought he might have been like delusional, and he couldn't really. Anyway, it's a great story. Oh, hair transplant. Gosh. He's getting some he's, type of. He shaves his head. He shaves know, his head forever. I know. Why does but, he need a hair transplant? Find it on. It was either on Awful Announcing or the Big Lead or something where he was undergoing. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. He was undergoing a procedure as well. It's a. It's bizarre. But he's a bizarre dude. Uh, I mean, that's just perfectly hilarious. Yes. And and kind of the definition of Deion Sanders' broadcast career <laughs> is he just says whatever. I mean, none of it makes a whole lot of sense. It's loud, and he just tries to go be Dion yep, and, and think it's going to work. But uh, as an analyst, he is one of the worst. It's really cool that he's on your TV. You're like, oh, it's, it's Neon Dion, man. But other than that, you can't actually listen to stuff he's saying and take it seriously. I think Tyron Matthews is a very good player uh, and may have peaked in 2015 and not be the same guy now. Uh, but to say he's the best safety in the NFL, especially when he played a lot of nickel corner, is probably not accurate. Speaking of former players turned analysts, announcers, it was Tuesday. It was TNT's Players Only Tuesday last night in the NBA. Shaq, take it away. Go back to Players Only Tuesday. See where it made a big mistake by taking right off, fellas, because when I'm done, he's out of a job. That's right. The black Ernie Johnson is in the house. I thought he was Brian Mumble. Here's Back me up. <laughs> Let's Credit get to Isaiah it. Isaiah Thomas with the good line. I thought you were Bryant Mumble. Brian Mumble. I like that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's players. It's no play-by-play guys. It's no studio guys like Ernie Johnson. And well, we go to the players that were actually at the games, like Nate Robinson, for instance, former NBA player, hanging out last night doing some commentating, and he's had some trouble with the promotional reads 
in the past that all these guys have to do during games. For instance, this was just a couple weeks ago. Players Only on TNT is brought to you by Auto Trader. Shop all the cars in, in I'm sorry, in all. <laughs> shop all the cars all in one place by, by Verizon, the most awarded network ever. My bad, guys. You all good, Nate. You all good, man. Well, I mean, you get made fun of a little bit on Twitter. That's fine. But you figure, probably given a couple weeks, he's got to be a lot better. Take it away, Nate. This is from Kia and Burger King. Players only on TNT is brought to you by Kia, official automotive partner in the NBA. Visit Kia.com to learn more and pair it your way at Burger King. <laughs> Mix or match two or your favorite sandwiches for just six bucks. You hear that right for just six bucks. <laughs> you heard that right. Yeah, Nate. Get it. Y'all see it out here, man. We getting it. We learning. <laughs> we learning. I like it. I mean, it's improving. Yeah, it got, it it, got better. It got way better. It, it might actually be better for the brand that he continues to botch it because yes. you're like, hey, he botched that Kia ad. You're right. Because besides that, it'll if, stand if it's out. perfect, you're like, yeah, who, who cares? Right. It'll stand <gasps> out. Do you, do you like the players only thing? Because at first I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. I, it's not a real strong broadcast because of some of those issues, but I've, I've sort of come around on it, especially when Brent Barry is on. I, I mean, like, he's really good. I like anything where I sit down to watch a game and can learn something. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I think that some guys are better than others. There will be sure. others that sort of sit and watch the game and they'll be like, oh, great dunk. That guy's the man. And that's sort of boring. But when they start to sort of get going and analyze the game, it's, it can be really interesting. It's a wonderful change of pace. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get rid of Kevin Harlan and all the others forever. But, you know, it's it's like when the Twins used to have Tom Kelly in the booth. 182 or 162 games? Maybe not. But a few a year, it's delightful. I've always said I, I would love for Fox Sports North for the Twins to do a package of games with Gladdy and take your pick. Tori, Bert, if yes. you want that. And just have them tell stories. And and I don't need, it's 2018. Especially in baseball. Yeah, I don't need your play-by-play. With Troy Hawkins last year, wasn't Fire. it one of the pitchers where he said he was like the worst teammate he ever had? Tommy Canley. Yeah. He, yes, he did. <laughs> but I would. That was tremendous. But baseball, I do not need, if I'm sitting down to watch a game, I do not need continual play-by-play. I would much rather hear stories and analysis of why why guys are doing certain things or playing places. Richard Sherman has a new contract, a new team, and he uh, he got that contract all by himself. No agent. I didn't realize that as he was talking about it yesterday in the press conference in San Francisco, and he seems to think it's going to be a trend. I think a lot more players feel educated enough to, to go forward and, and negotiate their own deals. I think um, these agents sometimes benefit from relationships. Oh, I know this GM. Oh, we've had we've had dealings with for years, and, and they really don't have to do a ton of work. You know, hey, I called this guy. How much are you willing to give him? Oh, $5 million. Okay, I'll, I'll convince him that that's good enough, you know. Instead of guys being able to control their own destiny, being in control of, of their own finances. And I think it goes back to just educating our players in general um, on their own finances and being in control of your own life. Richard Sherman's a very smart guy, I think. I don't know that I would advise the majority of the league to take on, on their own uh, negotiations, Matthew. I agree. I think Richard Sherman is... Uh, now, there are many highly intelligent players in the NFL and a lot of them play for the Minnesota Vikings I've learned over the last two years but um, as far as negotiating a contract I I think that that's a different kind of animal that maybe it wouldn't be uh, in their strengths 
uh-huh. in their areas of strength. And they, uh, yes. And Richard Sherman is 100% a different kind of cat. And when he was on uh, Joe Thomas's podcast, because Thomas kind of called him out over the contract, he explained that basically he didn't want to leave the West Coast, so that limited where he wanted to play, uh, that a three-year contract was better for him than a prove-it deal and because uh, he's had the, the injuries recently, and so he gets a little bit of security there, and, and it works out for him. It's a good contract for him, basically. So I, I think that he's good with that, but very few players would also be on his level. There's one thing I know about Judd. He can't stand cute kids. So let's wrap this up with a cute kid story. Justin Turner, L.A. Dodgers, broke his wrist a couple nights ago, got hit by a pitch. He's likely out uh, for opening day in another week or two until he can get back in the Dodgers lineup. Andrew Riddle is a young father. He's a Dodgers fan. He has a two-year-old named Declan. Cute little guy. See him there in his little onesie. He's got a Dodgers hat on. little train on the onesie isn't that adorable and let's just say young Declan he's a little worried who got hurt hurt. what do you want to do I have to kiss his boo-boo you have to kiss his boo-boo Okay, this is a little much for me too I want to go see it on the TV yeah Yeah, we gotta go kiss his boo-boo yeah yeah. Come on, Judd. Wow, that's brutal. Parents, put your phones down. Put them away. Get off <laughs> of Facebook. Get He's off of social media. Well, and you know what? In internally in that household, that's fine. But I, you know what? Keep it off. The three thousand three hundred six likes, seven hundred twenty nine no. retweets. Matthew, say you guys ahead. are fun killers. I, I want to interview one of those people who deserves to be pushed off the ledge of a very tall building. Who videos their kid crying after they trade a player? What are the sharks lost? Yes. What of any anything? If you videotape your kid crying after a trade, after a loss, whatever, and then post it to the internet, are you suggesting death for them? I I'm I don't know what'll happen after I push them, but I'm (laughs) suggesting they deserve to be pushed off a tall building. Because because you are just the worst person in the entire world. And if you've done this, I'm sorry. You're the worst. He said about everything the Sharks have died. That was after the San Jose Sharks, I think, traded a player a few years ago. I don't even remember who it was, but God, I loved that audio. Was that when Marlo left for Toronto last summer? No, it was it was long before that. All it was right. at least three or four because years ago. Because, uh, yeah, one, it's, it's, probably, right. it's probably fake. The kid's probably acting. In which case, what is wrong with you? And, and if it's not, also, what is wrong with you? If you're like, oh, man, I'll, I'll get so many likes and clicks instead of comforting your child, explaining to them the vicious well, ex- nature of sports. You're exploiting them, aren't you're, you? Yes. You're, you're exploiting expo- your poor child by basically making them cry in front of the camera. What is the benefit? You don't get paid for favorites on Twitter. I took a video yesterday of my daughter telling me what a doggy says and what a bear says. Do you want that? Maybe we'll come back. Keep it to yourself. You can take. You want that? You can take as many videos as possible, but just keep it to yourself. Why not keep that in your in your memory bank forever until you die? Hey, sweetheart, what does a snake say? Oh, it's adorable. 
You're Are we done? done with stuff? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Phil Mackey. That little uh, dweeby-looking kid. Judd Zolgad. He needs a cocktail in a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile. It's this Saturday, March 24th. Join 1500 ESPN beginning at 7.30 a.m. for the race festival at Boom Island Park. It features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus the hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, David. Uh, Mackie and Judd today is Collar and Zolgad from the uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Trisha, who who is a loyal listener to the program, Sends you a tweet, Matthew. Hey, Collar, uh, taking videos of your kids who are over-emotional about things is funny because it's just so ridiculous that you need to record it to show them when they are older and then share the laughs for others, too. Okay. So she's she's saying she do, does it so when their kids grow up, she can actually sort of blackmail them and, and embarrass them. Here's what I said back on Twitter is... I'm cool with that. If you got your own psychological warfare you're playing with your child, that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> if you're talking about... Psychological warfare. <laughs> but if you're doing it to get likes and retweets or favorites or whatever they're called now on Twitter or on shares on Facebook, and you want the whole world to be laughing at your kid crying because Patrick Marlowe signed with the Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. then I think that maybe you're taking it a little too far. It's like there are rules for war, and if we were making rules for the internet, it would probably want, be one of the rules not to do would be to exploit your child for likes, which, again, do not make you money. So is Dave not wrong, then, to to take pictures of his baby girl trying to make a mooing sound? Is that not wrong? Because he's not he's not exploiting her in the sense that... Uh, that Dozier just got traded, and now she's upset and crying. Well, she he can take all the video he wants. He can do whatever you like. Can, don't post it. Just don't post it in hopes that a million people share your child in agony over Patrick Marlowe. Or if you're even more of a sociopath, then you tell your child to be like, all right, little Timmy, pretend to cry and be like, I love Patrick Marlowe. Let me take a video of it. Then you need to be locked up. Dave, do you get I mean, that? I mean, she's a little young to do the sports videos, but we could work on that. What's wrong with Would that? Would you do I mean, that? Not, well, would you do that? Oh, hell yeah. No, you wouldn't. I would take it. I probably wouldn't slap it over tweet. Twitter. And, and You don't even and look twi- at Twitter. Yeah. You no, I look at Twitter like every people. day. I'm very in tune with what like other people, people No, but I like... like you don't want to share things I like with a people. couple people. But you don't, you like you your don't wife, send out any tweets. You like your kid, and I think you like your parents. No, I, I send out I like one tweet every days. six months. I, I probably wouldn't tweet it out, but I'd absolutely take a video of it. Hell yeah. Taking the video is fine. That's what I'm saying. Is it, Especially if you're like Trisha, and later when your child is being a dink because they're 14 years old, you could be like, hi, you used to cry over Patrick Marlowe, you loser. No, you take but, all these photos but, and videos as a child to then embarrass them when they're a senior in high school and having that grad party or whatever is in front of their closest sure, friends. Sure, that's your own problem whatever damage you do to your child is your issue i'm saying i don't need to see it i don't need you to share it with me because a it makes me uncomfortable and b it makes me think you're nuts that's your problem 
No, it's not. No, it, it is your be. problem. It it's your be problem, my problem if you are uncomfortable. Let you two argue about the fact that you are uncomfortable this. with other kids having a little meltdown. That's, that's a you <laughs> issue. No, they can melt down I, as I much as they want. I think it's different to exploit your child, like if there's a trade. But if you, you know, if you just take, uh, you know, if you're teaching your kid to act like a horsey or something, I just don't know I need to 